This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James and we are headlong into our Lenten book study on Life of the Beloved, so we have another chapter to talk about today. And as usual with me are my lovely lovely friends and co-host of the show Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. Michelle, how are you today? I am just quite lovely today, sister. Um, It is a beautiful day in Florida, and Mm -hmm. yeah, we are excited. How are you? I'm doing well. I just just came from Florida, actually. I was your neighbor, so I actually saw your husband at the parish there. We chatted a bit about you, how awesome you are. And um, yeah, tell me more. You can keep on going. Don't stop. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, let me count the ways. Let me count the ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was great. It was great to see him. So I was doing a parish mission there, and just got back, and so. Couple days of rest and back out on the road again. Lent is knee deep in parish missions. You know, everybody wants you to come, so it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, everybody wants you to come. I don't know if they. Want <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome, sister. We, I was watching you. Uh, there was a live stream of your one of your parish mission nights, and I was just loving it. You're so gifted. Praise God. Oh, thank you. Amen. Thanks be to God. How are you, Heather? I'm good. You know, strangely, this Canadian kid is in Wyoming this week. Whoa, uh, so I'm ne- I'm near Yellowstone. Uh, there's beautiful mountains. The sun is shining. It's snowy outside. And I'm in like a, it's like I've gone back to the Wild West. So I'm <laughs> loving Wyoming. It's pretty fun um, being here. So yeah, it's good. It's a good week. Just taking some personal time, retreat time, healing time. Um, and Lent is a good a good space to do that, a good season to do that. So I'm very grateful for this week. Yeah. Excited Amen. to talk to you both. Yeah, it is It is a good time for that. So I'm glad we could do this. So we're going to move on to our next chapter. So the next chapter in our book, Life of the Beloved, which it's not too late to join us. If you want to join in our book study, please join us anytime. We're going to talk about the chapter on Taken, which Henry Nouwen will once you know, quickly redefine as being chosen by God. And so... Here's what we're going to use the quote that's going to guide our discussion today. He says, When we keep claiming the light, we will find ourselves becoming more and more radiant. And there's so much. He talks about gratitude. There's so much there. And he's going to give us some steps of how we live in our chosenness. You know, what what does that mean? But I think all of us love radiance. I know Michelle is a huge, you know, lover of beauty. And I know you are too, Heather. So, Michelle, when you... When you consider that quote of when we find ourselves claiming the light, we find ourselves becoming more and more radiant. What does that resonate within you that you could share with our listeners? I think for me, it resonates um, when we discover, like when we're on this journey, like all of us are on this journey to become the beloved, really believe to the core of who we are, like, you know, where you know that you know that you know that you're the beloved and you're on this journey to become that and live that out in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. then there is something that shines forth. There is um, his presence that shines forth from us, and you are radiant. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you have come across those people that are like, okay, there's something different about them. You know, Mm -hmm. there is a glow about them. Um, There is a life about them that you want to be around, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, right now I think like the secular media would like to call it your vibe, you know, Uh like good vibes only. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. the radiance is something more, is something spiritual because it's something divine and it leads to him. Like it is um, letting it flow through you, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling his presence 
throw, um, flow through you and it radiates to others. And so they want to come closer um, because, and it's not necessarily you they want to come close to, but it's the Holy Spirit within you that Amen. they want to come closer to. So yeah. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I think that radiance is something that, you know, I, I desire so much in my own life that, you know, that my interior would be able to radiate to the exterior. And that's definitely the people that I admire the most, that I look to the most. I know that's something that people said about Mother Teresa when they met her because, Mm -hmm. you know, she was old and frail and small, like four foot nothing, like nothing that the world would hold up as beautiful. But everybody said when they just saw her and looked at her eyes that it was just this radiating beauty of Christ. So Mm -hmm. definitely. I mean, that's just something that is uh, captivating, you know. Sister, what about you? Well, it's true. And we really do become kind of whatever we focus on in our life. You know, we talk about narratives all the time and story and what's the narrative going on in your heart, in your life, and what are you focusing on? And I'm just really convinced more and more that I'm only going to find myself in gazing in the face of Christ. That's, you know, his radiance, like that's where I'm going to find out who I am. That's where I'm going to find life. And the more I can turn my gaze upon him, as tempting as it is to keep it focused on myself, a lot of times for a variety of reasons, to focus on him, the one who was radiant, the one who was all beautiful, it really does change kind of how I, not just kind of, but how I see the world, how I see myself, how I see others, but also what's going to bloom in my garden, you know, because we can have Mm -hmm. a lot of things blooming in our garden (laughs) and uh, not all of it's nice. And so, you know, what am I allowing Jesus to come and cultivate? And he's going to uproot some things and he's going to, you know, plant new things. So that focus is on him. And, you know, Henry now in in that chapter, he's going to say this, he says, when you talk about the gaze of Christ, he talks about the eyes of love. And he says, the eyes of love had seen you as precious as of infinite beauty and as of eternal value. When love chooses, it chooses with a perfect sensitivity for the unique beauty of the chosen one, and it chooses without making anyone else feel excluded. And I think I know for all of us, we've had a discussion about this before. Of when you hear the word chosen, automatically, and he talks about that as well, you think competitively, oh, I'm, I'm chosen and she wasn't, or she got what I wanted and I wasn't chosen instead. And so when we hear God's quote-unquote chosen ones, I would say so many people would say, well, that's not me. Mm-hmm. But what Henry Nouwen is talking about, what perfect love does because of who God is, he chooses us and his choosing includes us as unique individuals and it includes everybody. It's not like God's grace is only for those people. That's why all of us can live as a beloved is because of the way God loves. So I don't know, Michelle or Heather, what do you want to talk about that, about the reality of being chosen without being excluded, anybody, anybody else being excluded? Yeah, I think you know this is the difference about God's kingdom and the way that we the, the the way that we look at the world and the world looks at us. You know, in God's kingdom, there is room, and there are things that happen that we can't even. It doesn't translate into worldly terms, you know. So I think either we go, um, if we're chosen, then that means we're better, and then the people who aren't chosen mm-hmm. are less. Um, or if God looks at all of us as chosen people, then we sort of don't matter. That everybody's kind of the same, and we're just like one blanket, you know, world full of people that God chooses, which is also not correct. You know, as mm-hmm. God looks upon us, He sees each of us in our uniqueness and our beauty, and um, and he chooses us individually and and the relationship that he has with us is individual and personal which is impossible for us you know for us to do but it's not impossible for god it's not impossible for the way that love works that he chooses us individually and he sees our uniqueness and our blessedness and wants to have a relationship with us what do you think michelle mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I think oftentimes for um, a lot of people, the church has been a place of chosen and feeling other people are feeling left out, like it's an in club or a country club or whatever, that they don't fit in or they don't speak the right language or they don't know the right things. And that is not it. The kingdom of God is not an episode of Survivor where you get voted (laughs) off the island. You know, the kingdom of God is for all of the above. And um, he has made us each one unique and each one um, a special jewel in his kingdom that um, radiates his beauty and his light and all of that. And it's really how we see the father. Do we see the father as a striving orphan that we have to hustle for our worth? We've mm-hmm. talked about that many times on this podcast. Or do we see ourselves as an abiding beloved where we trust in him and we know that there is more than enough for everyone, that God is a God of abundance and not scarcity. And when he shines his light on someone, he is not diminishing his light on us, that there is more than enough room at the table mm-hmm. and that our gifts multiply other people's gifts. Like that mm-hmm. is not an us and them. It is all of the above that we are a body and we need everyone in their uniqueness, living out their gifts for the body to become um, the fullness that she is supposed to be, you know, like the bride of Christ, the fullness that she's supposed to be. And so when we think like when God is, when it looks like someone else is being chosen, like what is our first gut reaction? Are we like, mm-hmm. Oh, look at them that I'm not, I'm that I'm less than or we're like, no, God is a God of abundance. There's something for me. I can trust in that. Um, you know, I can trust in his timing. I can trust in his provision. I can trust that um, if I don't feel like other people are seeing me, he sees me and I am known. And that is good. Um, I guess it also just makes me laugh because I was listening to a conversation today and these two churches were competing against each other, which just blows my mind that churches would compete against one another. Mm-hmm. Like, and I will get up on a soapbox on this one. Like, the harvest is plentier, the labors are few. There's a big old harvest. There's enough for everyone in the kingdom of God to be, you know, tilling the soil and reaping that harvest. We don't compete against churches. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you're competing against churches, whose kingdom and glory are you after anyways? Your mm-hmm. churches are God's, mm-hmm. you know, because if your eyes are fixed on the Lord and your eyes are fixed on him and what he has for your mission or your ministry or your church, there will be more than enough. Not looking to our neighbor left or right and comparing, but our eyes focused on the abundance that he has for you and living out your unique calling, and then you will go. I mean, the harvest is full, mm-hmm. and um, I think we really have to shift our mind to be kingdom-minded people and not just our own special interest kind of people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I will very step true. down from my soapbox now. So. <laughs> Step back, girl. No, I think it's very true. You know, like there, and it goes back to sort of what he was touching on in the previous chapter. It's like when we understand our belovedness and that we are chosen, we can also understand that so is the other. So is our neighbor. So is our Mm -hmm. friend. So is the other other person in the head of that ministry. You know, um, it's not just me and mine. It's, Mm -hmm. it's everyone and that we're able to honor that in a different way when we come to understand our own. It's when we don't understand Mm -hmm. our own and we think that we have to strive for hustle for it, you know, that we need to somehow gain God's attention by doing good works over and over and over again, jumping through hoops so that he can see us and then bless us. You know, these, these mindsets Mm -hmm. run really deep and often we don't even recognize that that's what's going on in our heart and in our mind and motivating some of our actions. 
And we really have to take a step back. What a beautiful time in Lent to take a step back because the mercy of God, I mean, any time, any day yeah. is is endless and, and an overwhelming ocean for us. Um, but to be able to come in this season in particular and say, wow, Lord, like I'm really living out of a place of an orphan, like not as a beloved daughter or son. And I'm trying to hustle for it. I'm trying to gain your attention instead of just resting in it. And it just reminds me of uh, Father Mark Toops, uh, who's a priest from Louisiana, has this uh, video series that was really good um, on prayer. And one of the things that he says is that God his gaze is already upon us. He's already waiting for us. That it's not something that we have to, you know, jump up and down and wave our arms for him to turn his gaze towards us. Or we have to perform a certain amount of actions before he, we have his attention. That he's already waiting for us. His gaze is already, his loving gaze is already on us. And it's just us turning to him and pausing and acknowledging that he's already there you know, and then receiving. And I think that that's really hard for a lot of us is to just put ourselves in a place of receptivity. Mm-hmm. We feel like we have mm-hmm. to do something. We have to give mm-hmm. something instead of just receive. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, we have it upside down, even in, in how we serve God, you know? Mm. Oh, that's such good stuff. Yeah, it's such good stuff. It's that intimacy we speak of that we all just crave and at the same time fear. <laughs> yes. You know, and... Yeah, it's it's funny all the self-defense mechanisms we have. And I mean, haven't we all had those gut checks where either somebody else is praised and it just kind of sends like a, a knife in your heart sometimes or something that you really wanted that somebody else gets, you know? Mm-hmm. And we all had those, like you feel them at your heart or those parts where you, you fear rejection and you know that God's calling you to deeper levels of vulnerability, but just the, the perceived risk that it is, it's just... It's just funny, and those at those moments, just to stop and ask the Holy Spirit, like Holy Spirit, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's and because you know Henry Nouwen says in, in the book, he says uh, the love that's chosen us is an everlasting love, right? It's a love that existed from all eternity and will last for all eternity. And so you know we like you're both talking about we 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 face rejection every day, and so he he goes on mm-hmm. from there and he says you know how do we get in touch with our chosenness when we're surrounded by rejection? Mm. And he's going to talk about you know, three kind of three steps of how we can work in that area so we can actually live day to day as the chosen beloved. And he says, first of all, you have to keep unmasking the world about you for what it is, right? That it's manipulative, controlling, power hungry, and it's destructive. And then this was, I think, some of the best advice I've ever read. He says, every time you feel hurt, offended, or rejected, you have to dare to say to yourself, these feelings, strong as they may be, are not telling me the truth about myself. Mm. The truth, even though I cannot feel it right now, is that I am chosen, a chosen child of God, precious in God's eyes, called the beloved from all eternity, and held safe in an everlasting embrace. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to end the show right there, people. Mic drop. So. <laughs> just and put do that, that on Let's repeat. Do- <laughs> Loop that, baby. <laughs> oh, because don't, don't our feelings so often tell us, and our quote-unquote circumstances and experiences tell us a different story? Oh, oh my gosh. And amen. we still have to go back to the truth with the power of our will to choose to believe the truth. Emotions give us information about what's happening, but they can't make decisions for us. So we have to choose with our will to stop at those moments. And we all have them all the time and just say, no, you know what? Here's the truth. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth. Because the very fact that I exist, that I'm chosen and delighted in by God, you know, mm-hmm. and as Christians, we're indelibly marked in our baptism and incorporating us to the family of God. But yeah, ladies, oh my gosh. 
Holy cow. Yeah. And he says in there, you know, this truth isn't simply an inner truth that emerges from our center. It's Amen. revealed yes. to us by that. the yeah. one who has chosen us. That's on page mm-hmm. 60. And I think it's important to make that distinction. Anybody who I'm going to date myself here, show how old I am, but the old Saturday Night Live um, <laughs> <laughs> sketch where it's Stuart, Stuart Smalley, Stuart Smalley <laughs> where he sits in front of a mirror. He's like, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like me. And it's like this self-help thing where he's trying to convince himself of his goodness. That is not mm-hmm. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because this isn't something that comes from within us that we're trying to convince ourselves of. It's something that we need to step into. And he uses the word claim, you know, but it's really the living into something that already belongs to us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not claiming something that we don't have that we want, like some monetary, you know, like prosperity gospel. It, it's about coming into the fullness of who we are. And it's letting inheritance, yeah. Exactly. And letting the truth of God be spoken and declared in our hearts and over our life. And we see this example in the Psalms. You know, the, the psalmist will often say, like, um, oh my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. It's like you Amen. you are speaking, like commanding yourself to do what is right and good. And and I think that we have to do that in the same way. The psalmist also recall the old truth and the old things that God has proclaimed, you know, as truth. And I think we have to do that ourselves, is sit down and proclaim the truth. And there's been nothing that in the in most recent years as powerful as this. Um, work in my own life. It's like saying it out loud, like not just in our mind or reading something, although we need to do that. We need to read scripture. That's the word of God, but we also need to declare it and declare the truth of our belovedness and that we are chosen over our life. Because as you said, sister, what we fill our minds and our hearts with is really what we end up reflecting. So what are your thoughts, Michelle? Yeah, I think it is. I think the more we live in and declaring, like there's such power in the word declaring, you know, um, speaking that truth and reminding ourselves who we really are. There's a freedom in living that out. Um, you know, I don't think I would do it like the Saturday Night Live one would do, <laughs> no. but I've seen you do that, Michelle. Don't even girl. I've seen oh, I, I would use different words, you know, like, <laughs> you are full of coffee. You are amazing. You are fierce. You are, you are awesome. fierce. You're awesome. Yeah. And so your closet's full of J. Crew clothes. Oh, no, that's probably not declaring my identity. <laughs> that's more like genie in a bottle. But anyway, um, just, yeah. But, like, I think the lies can get so loud. And mm-hmm. I think just reminding ourselves of the truth of who we are and that the God delighted in making us. He delighted in creating us, that he is craziest about us. Mm-hmm. And as a person as a de- like with a design background, you know, the first thing it says is, you know, in the beginning he created and he created mm-hmm. each and every one of us, and he imagined us before he created us. And when he was making us, he was like, oh, look at this design. This is how I'm going to make her. She's going to have this little quirkiness part of her. Mm-hmm. you know. But I'm going to give her this color hair. I'm going to do this. And everything was so intricate and for a reason. And it is our job to figure out you mm-hmm. know, the why and delight in the why of mm-hmm. why he made us how we are. And mm-hmm. not treat it as, um, I think a lot of times... We treat how we are um, made and are creative as a liability instead of something to be celebrated. Oh, girl, you Mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. And um, it isn't. Even Mm -hmm. our weaknesses are just a display for his glory Mm -hmm. if they're surrendered Mm -hmm. to him, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, for my thing, it's like, okay, trust the designer, trust the creator. Like, you're a limited edition and trust it, you know? <laughs> oh, I love so. that. We're going to have to put that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You're a limited edition, baby. Trust it. Trust I love that. it. Mm-hmm. Trust it. It's good. You know, but in all honesty, like, people might be wondering, okay, well, if it's not the Stuart Smalley thing and it's not this or that, like, how do I do this? Like, how do I practically do this? So uh, here's, here's an example. Dear listeners, I want to encourage you, just look up Isaiah 62. And just insert your name, you know, in the places. So here's what it says. I just want to read it to you. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her vindication shines out like the dawn and her salvation like a burning torch. The nation shall see your vindication and all the kings your glory. And you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken, or your land will no more be called desolate, but you shall be called my delight is in her, and your land married, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married, and the Lord rejoices over you. And it just goes on, like, just like, there's so much there that we can sit with, so much truth that we need to declare over our life. He is talking about you. Zion is you and me. Um, so that's one way that you can practically begin to declare this over your life. Mm. That's Oh, thank you for declaring that over us. That's, you know, amen. There's such power in the Word of God. And I think we far underutilize it. You know, there's such truth, obviously. It is the Word of God. And I mean, he... Henry and I will talk about that because he's talks about the second step and we're going to kind of move on here. But he says, you know, second, you have to keep looking for people and places where your truth is spoken and where you are reminded of your deepest identity as the chosen one, which you just did for us, Heather, because that's the deepest identity is God himself. And then we surround ourselves by people who reflect that to us. And that's part of what being a friend is. And he talks about that of friends remind each other who they are. And they call each other up to the full excellence of what it means to be human. And it's not to say, you know, we're not, oh, I'm not going to hang out with those people because I don't like them. But just like anything else in life, you know, who am I surrounding myself with? And is it something that's bringing life or is it toxic? And I think a lot of us have to look at our interior lives as well, but we have to look at our relationships as well and our friendships as well and who we're surrounding ourselves with. And are we surrounding ourselves with people who are on the journey themselves and who can be with us in that journey? A a small group of people, right? So then we can have other relationships as well, right? So then we can sow into them. But are we surrounding ourselves with people that are speaking that truth into us? Mm Amen. Amen. Amen to that. I think there's so many relationships that we have in our life that really aren't bringing out the best in us, you know, like people that we use as an excuse. I'm not saying it's their fault. You know, we have choices to make, but we use as an excuse like for our sin and, um, and we have to take a real account of that. Or sometimes we just have unhealthy relationships with people that really it's not speaking truth into who we are. And, um, and I mean, we can go deeper into that, but I don't think we will today that, you know, we have to be, we, we are worthy and deserving of healthy, good relationships with Amen. people. And that's something that you can choose to have, you know, like we are, and, and part of it just starts with praying. Like if you don't have that, like to just pray for that. I remember when I was in high school in grade 11 and I, I was that's really 11th co- grade for sorry. the Americans. Sorry. Yeah. 11th when grade I was for a the Americans. junior, when I was a junior <laughs> in high school. <laughs> 
Um, young folk in Canada, they don't yeah. do things like we do in Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, I, and I remember, you know, just sort of like making a decision to follow the Lord and be like, Lord, I don't have any friends and I'm not sitting at home with my parents every weekend. Like, you have to send me good Catholic friends. And and he did, like within a few months, like he totally provided. And, you know, friends that I'm still friends with today. And God wants to meet your need. You know, it doesn't mean that he gives you everything you want. Like he's a genie in a bottle, going back to that mm-hmm. quote. But and thank God he doesn't. Yeah, thank God. Like he knows what's best for us. But I think it begins with prayer, asking him for what we need and to send us good relationships. And then part of it is us seeking it out, maybe drawing mm-hmm. some boundaries of some people and creating new relationships. And that's one thing that we are so blessed, the three of us, to be walking in this kind of relationship together where truly we call out one another's goodness where we remind one another because we do get attacked you know we do fall into doubt sometimes like insecurities and situations where we're getting pummeled you know and so to have another one to come in and just go no remember who you are remember God's calling on your life so if you want those kind of relationships you need to be able to offer that to people too Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. receive it and take from it Mm -hmm. you know And that being said, like, I think an easy rule of thumb is to surround yourself with people that you don't have to edit yourself. And what I mean by that is people that you have to edit because you think you're not enough. So mm-hmm. you have to add more to it or edit yourself where you people that um, think you're too much, you know, mm-hmm. like you laugh too much or you, you know, like for me, like you dream too much or anything, you know, where you have to really filter and edit yourself that you can't just be you. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I want people that I can exhale around and laugh with and just enjoy me and my good and bad and ugly and messy and all that of the above. Where, But I don't want to be around people where I have to edit or fit into a certain kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, frame or uh, prototype or whatever you want to call it, that I can just be myself mm-hmm. and that's okay. And that is celebrated in all of its goodness and all of its messiness, but that is okay. But if I'm feeling like I'm walking on eggshells, um, who has time for that? I don't have time for that. And so, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, um, but, I mean, I'm not saying that you exclude yourself from other people and you don't be charitable and loving. But the people that you really do life with, that you really let speak in your heart and your soul, are those that you don't have to edit yourself around. You can just be you, girl, or boy. Sorry. Don't mm-hmm. want to be exclusive here. All the men. Man. All, All the men, men in the house. Oh, yep. Hello, just man. be you. Shout out to you the know? Yeah. And then... Um, Third, you have to, I love how he says, to celebrate your chosenness constantly, saying thank you. You know, Amen. maybe we should have a beloved chosenness party. Like, how do we <laughs> celebrate ourselves? You know, um, I'm all about a party, you know? Yeah. Um, yes. So, like, how do we celebrate ourselves? You know, and how do we celebrate him? And I love how he talks about gratitude. You know, um, gratitude is makes what we have into even more. It is like mm-hmm. the currency of the kingdom, and it brings... Um, abundance when we are grateful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, we, Eucharist means Thanksgiving, and we are Eucharist people. So just thank Him. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to get closer to God's heart, it starts with gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it just starts with gratitude in the little mm-hmm. things and the big things. And um, I know for me, like even this morning, I was just like, thank you, Lord. Like, and just going on the litany of gratitude, and it totally changes my disposition of my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm aware and I verbally speak out gratitude, it totally changes mm-hmm. um, the disposition of my heart and my soul and all of that. And so, um, mm-hmm. Sister, what are your thoughts? That's so true. And I love what he says. He says, this means saying thank you to God for having chosen you and thank you to all those who remind you of your chosenness. He says, gratitude is the most fruitful way of deepening your consciousness that you are not an accident, but a divine choice. Mm-hmm. And that is a muscle. Like, I think we talked about that one time that gratitude is like a muscle. And I think 
the stronger muscles sometimes are the ones that complain and kind of see the negative, but gratitude is a muscle just like anything else. And the stronger, the more that I work at, the stronger that it gets. And it's not a Pollyanna view of like, oh, everything's fine. It's really being able to hold the difficulties and disappointments in our life and still in the midst of it, choose gratitude, knowing that this is not the end of the story, that God is in control, that he loves us and that he's speaking goodness over us and he will continue to bless us. So uh, that's, Mm. that is a key to so much gratitude. And I mean, everything from recovery to living life well to psychological health and at the core of it is it's gratitude is really reality right Mm -hmm. because everything is a gift and so asking the holy spirit especially in lent like lord help me to be grateful that's a great way to give alms like Mm -hmm. help me be grateful to you and to other people let me bless other people before i have a word of unkindness let me choose to bless them and just hear their story and have a lot of grace for them and for myself as well and so Amen. I, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that is a life well lived. A life of gratitude is a life well lived. Mm-hmm. And I think with gratitude too, you know, it's a combination of one, putting it into practice. It is a muscle. You need to work it out. So there's various ways you can do that. I love Ann Voskamp's book called uh, A Thousand Gifts, where she specifically talks about this in her life, like how she decided to do a gratitude journal, a thousand things that she would write down that she's grateful for to God. And just the, the process and the exercise, it was like the scales began to fall from her eyes and she began to see him everywhere. Um, but it also is a cooperation with grace. You know, this isn't something that we can just do on our own. Like we need the Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds and our hearts to see God's activity in our life and to see the many blessings that we have. Because the enemy for sure is speaking into our life that, oh, this should have been better. You know, that complaining critical spirit that roams around in so many of our hearts that can just so quickly point out the negative things. And well, if this was different then this, this, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, if the music at mass was better, then I would blah, blah, blah. You you know, like whatever it might be there, um, gratitude is the solution for a critical spirit and for complaining. Amen. You know, one of my kids gave up complaining for Lent. <laughs> it's like, forget the nice. chocolate. Yeah. And so, and they're doing really well, you know, uh, it, it's amazing oh, because they it. just realized, wow, I'm really falling into this pattern a lot, you know, and gratitude is, happens to be our family word for the year. And, you know, we have a quote up on our, um, chalkboard, but that's as a reminder. It's not to just have something up on the chalkboard, you know, like it's a, it's a reminder to practice gratitude. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, it takes, Hey, let's go write down a few things that we're grateful for. You're falling into Mm -hmm. a lot of like criticism and complaining. Um, Mm -hmm. but that's something that I've really prayed for too, is like, Lord, open my eyes to see you. And there has been, I remember one moment I was driving to give a retreat somewhere and, I was just overwhelmed. Like I was listening to worship music in the car, which again is another way. If you have a, if you have a hard time declaring truth, let other people do it for you, you know? So that's worship music to me. It's like these singers just proclaiming truth, declaring truth Mm -hmm. in my car, in my world, in my life. And, and as that was happening, like the Holy Spirit just began to move. I'm driving down the road and I, I just had this thought of like, gosh, there's so many times in my life it could have gone sideways a thousand times worse Mm -hmm. than it did. And God, you saved me. Like, you have saved me over and over again. Like, and I desperately need you, you know? And just this overwhelming gratitude just welled up. I just began to weep in my car. Mm -hmm. Well, that isn't something that I could muster up or strive for. That was the Holy Spirit moving. Mm -hmm. And I think we just need to open our hearts to those moments to those opportunities, um, to allow the perspective of God, the kingdom of God, a king kingdom perspective, instead of a worldly perspective, begin to change our minds. Like this is the renewing of our minds, you know, that's talked about in scripture. So 
What a beautiful chapter. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, we're going to revisit our original quote of when we when we keep claiming the light, we will find ourselves becoming more and more radiant. And then he goes on to say, gratitude begets gratitude, just as love begets love. So, ladies, oh my gosh, we're out of time. Can we talk about our one things real quick? Michelle, you want to talk about your one thing? I almost forgot. I was about to wrap up the show. I'm like, wait, our one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, my one thing is... Um, I don't even know what my one thing was. <laughs> okay, I got people. I got one. There's Michelle, like a horde of children know. invading her house right now. She's like, I've got other things to think about in my one thing. I know. We're, you guys, this is keeping it real. We are recording, and we went a little bit over our scheduled time, and so I have a slew of kids coming in. So I'm like, shh, shh, we're recording. You can't talk. Go in the other room. Or go outside. Get a snack. Go outside and play. Yeah, the go outside and play. It's beautiful. It's Florida, 75 degrees. And so that's what's going on here. Heather, what is your one thing so I can okay. collect my thoughts, please? Yes, Thank collect you. collect yourself, my, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So my one thing, I mentioned earlier in a previous podcast that I was uh, that I had gotten an instant pot. And the jury Ooh. was out as to whether it was going to be the game changer that everybody says or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And let me tell you, my people. It's a game changer. <laughs> the instant <laughs> pot. The instant yeah, pot is my one thing. I, and I will just tell you. Here was the, here was the real kicker. I put six frozen chicken breasts in that instant pot with a bit of broth and some seasoning. I turned it on for twelve minutes, and it was like you could shred it with a fork. And that for you me, I not. was like, I was like, my life has changed forever. <laughs> Because basically, I feel like all I have is frozen chicken breasts in my house to eat. So that was awesome. So anyway, Instant Pot. If you can afford it, I highly recommend. Highly recommend the Instant Pot. Yeah. Sister, what's your one thing? My one thing is we, a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago, we had a dear friend on Lisa Brennickmeyer, who is the founder of the Women's Bible Study Walking with Purpose. And I am doing her Bible study for Lent on Ephesians. It's called Fearless and Free. I don't think it's out quite yet for public release, but I love it. It's so beautiful. And it's one of those things where it's exactly what you need when you need it. And I can't tell you how many times I've already just smiled over it and cried over it and just said, oh, thank God. Just so grateful. So Lisa Brennickmeyer's study on St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and it's called Fearless and Free. And it's that so is my, good. Yeah. Yeah, that's my one thing right now. So, yeah. Good one. All right, Michelle, time's up. Thank you. Thank you for giving <laughs> me that cur- courtesies. Yeah, yes. those courtesy moments to gather my thoughts. Um, my one thing is the life of Billy Graham. Um, he passed away oh. last week and just mm-hmm. a legacy of faith, a legacy of um, what an evangelistic spirit and heart. What a man that was a peacemaker and a bridge builder between denominations, between political parties, you know, between so many different things and um, just a legacy of family. And um, I bet heaven is just rejoicing having him there. And I bet he is just rejoicing being reunited with his wife. And um, yeah. And so we are just thankful for his um, faith and his life and the legacy of prayer that he leads for us. Um, So, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, may he rest in peace. Well, thank you, dear listeners, and we've enjoyed having you this week. Remember that you are chosen and you are beloved, and if you enjoy this episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can subscribe to us on iTunes, you can find us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com, and you can click on the image of the show and find discussion questions, journal questions, and a lot of other great resources there. So until next week, we will be abiding together. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.